Um, I want to mention just a few things really quickly, and then we're going to get into what, uh, what the Lord has for us today. Um, May the 15th, next Sunday is Child Dedication Sunday, so we want you to be a part of that. If you have a child that uh, you want to dedicate to the Lord, you can go on the app or you can go on the website and you can register, and that just helps us prepare uh, the gift that we want to present and uh, everything that we're going to have for you on that day. So that's going to be during the 1045 service. Uh, May the 21st is our next men's breakfast here at the church at 8 a.m., so if you're a man, we'd love for you to be a part of that. We have a great time every single time that we get together. Uh, it's encouraging. It's great food, great fellowship. So 8 a.m. on May the 21st, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Uh, you've heard us talking about this for the last few weeks, but we're doing a thing uh, during the month of May that we've never done before. It's called May We Pray, and so we're putting an emphasis um, at the beginning of every year in January. You know that we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we emphasize prayer and and, uh, and unity in that way. And this year, during this month of May, uh, we're doing the same thing, just not the fasting part, but what we have this, this month is every single Tuesday night, uh, we're gathering right here in this room to pray and seek God together. And this last Tuesday kicked that off, and we had a fantastic uh, opportunity, a fantastic time together uh, as we just gathered up in this room, and we prayed all across this room, and and, uh, and, and we're just encouraged. And so I would invite you to come out this Tuesday. If you were here last Tuesday, come back. And if you weren't here, weren't able to be here. And maybe we know that you may not be able to make every single Tuesday because of things that happen. But we want you to make it a priority as much as you can. And be here and let's corporately gather together and pray during the month of May. And then also as a part of that, in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to gather on Sunday evening, May the 22nd. Uh, we're going to gather here, and we're going to have a night of worship, and we're just going to lift up the name of Jesus during the month of May. And uh, we've never done one during this season, but we just felt impressed on our heart to do one during this season as we head into, uh, you know, graduations and schools letting out, and we're heading into the summer months and, and uh, different things like that, and vacations are coming up and all of that. We just wanted to take a moment before we head into that season and just gather together and lift up the name of Jesus, uh, put our focus and our attention on him. And so that's an opportunity we're going to have as well. And then the last thing I want to make mention of is uh, at the Civic Center, uh, there's a community event going on. This is May the 15th through the 18th. Uh, it's called Nights of Refreshing. And uh, on that Sunday evening, we have the opportunity to serve and be a part of that uh, with greeting people and ushering people and things like that. So if you are interested in being a part of that, we'd love to have you serve and be a part of things where, uh, where multiple churches all across the community are coming together under one building to lift up the name of Jesus and to bring glory to his name and praise him. Amen. And so we want you to be a part of that. It's going to be every night, May the 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th. So you can attend that uh, if you're able to. And if you want to serve, uh, you can let us know that you want to serve. Mr. Kenneth Millsap is uh, going to be getting all that together. And so uh, you can let him know, let me know, and I can let him know, and however you need to do that. But we'd love for you to be a part of that on May the 15th through the 18th. Um, well, as you are aware, hopefully you're aware, today's Mother's Day. And uh, we have, uh, we have um, an opportunity to celebrate not just, not just moms, um, but, but ladies in our church. Because how many of you know that just uh, there's, there's biological motherhood, but then there are also spiritual moms, and there are uh, those that long to be moms, and those that uh, have adopted, and they are moms. And so there are so many different ways that we can celebrate this morning, and as we were preparing for Mother's Day, um, I can't think of a better opportunity or a better person uh, to speak to you today as a mom or as a lady uh, than who you're going to get to hear from today, and not just for the ladies, but I believe there's a word for every person. There's something that God wants to speak to every person that's sitting in this room, and I just want to take a moment and uh, I want to honor my wife because uh, she has given me um, a great life and four beautiful kids, um, one that we will see, an additional one that we will see in heaven one day. Um, so we can actually, we actually um, know what that pain is. Uh, but not only that, she is an amazing woman of God. And um, I believe there are, there are gifts in the word of God. If you read through the Bible, there are gifts that Jesus gave to the church, there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit uses to, to be able to build up and encourage 
and uh, speak to his people. And uh, I, I have been able to, for the last, we've been married for a little over 15 years now, and for, uh, for all of that time, I have been able to watch her operate, and she has such a gift of prophecy and uh, encouragement and all of those things on her life. And so um, you are, you are going to be blessed today. Come on, look at the person next to you say, you're going to be blessed today. And come on, will you put your hands together, and will you help me welcome to the stage this morning my wife, Amanda Miller. Well, good morning, good morning. Happy Mother's Day, as he said. Um, I know that we do not, um, oh, I've got it in. We do not look at this. Um, I know that this day, it's something that we celebrate, but for some, it brings a little heartache. As I was praying this morning, um, <laughs> I know that there's some of you that long to see your babies in heaven. I know that there are some of you that have longed to have a child of your own. Maybe there are some of you that are just grieving because you don't have your mom with you, and you desperately want that. Maybe there's some of you, as a mom, you just wish your children were sitting with you or at least serving the Lord. Our hearts may long for something, and... Um, so although we celebrate, and I want to celebrate, and my tears will hopefully go away, <laughs> um, I know that it can bring heartache, too, and that's okay, um, because God's with us in the heartache as well. So I do want to take um, a moment to pray for those, because as he said, there's some single moms in here, and you're killing it. You're doing it all by yourself. I don't know how you do it all by yourself, um, and I'm going to pray strength over you today. And there's some of you mamas in here that, like I said, your heart just aches because you want your babies with you. You want your children serving the Lord. There's some of you mamas that just want your mama. <laughs> um, and I can't imagine. I, I have my mom. I have an incredible mom. And, um, but I want to pray for all of the moms today um, and, and just lift you up before I even begin. I'm honored to even be able to speak today. Um, and um, I just want you to know whether you're a mom um, and you have your children here and you say I'm blessed and I experience no heartache, I encourage you to hug another mama because she may be walking through some heartache today and just tell her Happy Mother's Day. Um, so I just want you to know that you matter, whatever, wherever you're at with this, with this day. So I want to take a moment to pray before I get started, and then we will just get in the word. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for the gift to be able to be a mom, the gift to be able to have a mom. God, I pray right now for each and every mom that is in this room, and even those that may not be in this room, that it just hurt too much to come. I pray, Lord, that you touch them today, that you comfort them in a way that only you can comfort. God, that you pour out your peace and your strength, even those moms that maybe their hearts aren't aching today, Lord. But we know as moms, Lord, even though it's a great gift, it's the best job that we could ever have, God, that it's hard some days. And I thank you, Lord, that you are just touching your um your daughters today each and every one those that may not be moms right now but lord that they're going to be someday god i pray lord that you just pour out your peace upon them lord that you give what only you give i pray lord that hearts and ears and eyes will be open to receive what you have god i know this is not about me and i pray lord that in every word that is spoken in everything that is done father that you are glorified today in jesus name amen amen well I prayed and I just asked the Lord, what is it do you want me to talk to, um, talk about today on Mother's Day? And, and I went back and forth and, and my husband was so gracious to listen to me as I, as I rambled out loud and, and, and wrestled with what he wanted me to talk about. But I want to talk to you about something called seeking sacred. Seeking sacred. Sacred means to be holy and have a special connection with God, devoted or dedicated to Seek means to ask, search, hunt for, look for, request, examine, or desire. And I looked up the word seek just in the form of seek without a, without a suffix ending it, anything like that. It's in the Bible 244 times. 
And we all know that seek is actually, it's an action verb. But this is important that we understand this because we know that seeking God and seeking his will and seeking his righteousness, it's a continual thing. I'm sorry, we're trying. I may have to switch. It's a continual thing. I'm a lot louder than Gabriel, too, so that makes a difference. <laughs> Um, it's not simply choosing the right career or person to marry. It is a daily surrender. And as I just kept praying, Lord, what, what do you want to say about this seeking? And I just kept feeling him say, it's about surrender. When you seek me, it's about surrender. And I'm going to read to you several verses that talk about seek. If I need to change, I'll just wave me down. That talk about seek, but... The first one, they're not going to have on the screen, and that's not because of them, because they're incredible. This was just one that I felt like the Lord gave me a couple of days ago. In Isaiah 26, 9, it says, My spirit within me diligently seeks you. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be open. Matthew 6, 33, we've all quoted it so many times, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. The King James Version actually says all these things will be added. I'm going to be primarily reading from the CSB version um, if you're looking up on the app or anything um, or just reading in your Bible. But when we seek him first, he changes what we desire. And I remember as a kid thinking about... Um, I remember as a kid thinking, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and here comes my pretty new car. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and here come my kids the way I want them, and my house, and all these things. But how many of you know that's not what he's talking about? When we seek him first, all those things that will be added, he changes what we desire. And it's not the things of this world that we tend to seek for, to look for that that peace or that hope or that joy, because none of those things are going to come from things that we tend to imagine. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence at all times. Psalm 105, verse 4. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord and live. Amos 5, 6. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. I love how the Amplified Version says it. It says, with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I just love that. I can't imagine what this world would be like if we all began to seek the Lord as if he's a vital necessity. A vital necessity because he is. Psalm 27, 4, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple. My question for you today would be, are you seeking God first in your everyday moments? Are you seeking him first? Because what we seek first is going to be what leads everything else we do in life. And I'm going to read to you primarily, we are going to be hanging out for a while in Luke 10. And you may be familiar with this story, but honestly, as I prayed, I couldn't think of anything better than one of the things to talk about today is the story of Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha were seeking different things. One wasn't better than the other, but they were seeking different things. But I'm going to read to you Luke 10, 38 through 42. While they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus had come into Martha's home. And I think that there are a few things that we can learn. Because even though she'd come into his home, Martha didn't make Jesus. 
her first priority. She was trying to do good things. I don't know about you, but I, I will find myself, I can, I can busy myself with all sorts of things. I love being able to serve others. But I really believe there's a few things, a few things that I want to point out to you. In verse 40, where he said, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And I believe that we can find this in, in our perspective. So I would ask you, what is distracting you? I thought about with YouTube advertisements, if you ever, you know, listen to worship on YouTube or even watch something on YouTube, I'll do that sometimes with sermons or, or listen to worship songs, but you know these random advertisements that pop up. You can be having a moment with the Lord, and then all of a sudden, here comes Kermit the Frog. You know? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's a distraction, and how quickly life can be like that, that we're, we're focused on you, Jesus. You're all I want. Oh, but here comes something. You know, here comes financial difficulties. Here comes... I mean, just a regular day with the kids and, and they're screaming or just a normal day at work, but then something goes awry. Satan enjoys using our hectic schedules, our stressed bodies to block our intimacy with God. And it's a choice we make. We have to make the choice to put first his kingdom to seek him first. But I heard a pastor ask this question that I want to pose to you is how can you look to the culture and world for standards and then turn and look to God for strength? How can you look to the world for your standards, yet look to God for strength? Because God does want to be our strength, but he also wants to be our standard. He wants to give us the standard. So are you more focused on the word or the world? Are you reminding yourself of what the word says or what the world says? And, and when I say the world, I don't even mean bad things. I mean, you know, you go out here and it's just normal life, where to eat and, and what to do tomorrow and when to take vacation, the world, the things of this world. But I believe that we need to be on guard, that we don't get distracted by our task. Like he even asked Mary, like saying about Mary, she was distracted by her task, but we can get distracted by many things in life. And are we living distracted or are we living focused on Jesus and wanting him above every, everything else? Because we were created to enjoy and glorify God in all that we do. But we can often get busy doing things for God instead of with him. I mean, I'm doing it. I'm doing all the good, Lord. I'm trying. I'm trying to do this for you. All glory to you. But then we're not really linking arms with him the way I believe we're called to, and me included. But I think that we can fill ourselves with, our, I thought of this, and I, I thought we're all going to just see the commercial of we can fill, ourselves, fill our lives with spiritual snicker bars. And, you know, like, no one wants to be hungry, right? Grab a Snickers bar. But what I mean by this is the Snickers bars in our life, it's not candy, or it may be, but it could be work, books. I, I like me some books. My husband got me a hammock last year for Mother's Day, and I'm like, give me my hammock and a good book. As long as the kids don't come piling on me, which they normally do, unless Dad's around to tell them to go on. But um, maybe your books, your podcasts. Your friends, I mean, those are good, shopping, but those good and innocent things can so often curb our hunger for what we're, we were ultimately created to hunger for, which was him. We were created to live for him. And I just wonder if we're getting so distracted and allowing the many, all the many things in our lives that we're missing and drowning out and letting it swallow up the one that really matters, the one that keeps us grounded, the one that leads us, the one that helps us. So maybe there's something that you're letting you distract you from the better, that maybe you're working harder, but you find yourself praying less. He says, he's just calling us back today. Come back to the one. Like, you still love him just as much today. I mean, I love him, but I'm going to be honest. When I was writing this, I told Gabriel, I said, it's really hard to speak words that I feel like he's kind of created just for me, too. Like, that, that I tend to live distracted, distracted from getting the kids from point A to point B and making the next appointment, from speech therapy to whatever it is, but that we're called to live a focused life. The next point is when... When Martha asked, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? It was about her posture. 
And I would ask you today is what are you listening to? Because when we aren't focused on Jesus, we tend to question what is happening or question God altogether. And Martha asked, don't you care? But I found it interesting as I was reading this again that Martha not only asked the Lord if he cared, but she bypassed her Mary altogether. Will you tell her to get up? I cannot, think, I cannot tell you how many times my kids have come to me going, Mom, tell her to X, Y, Z. Tell her to leave me alone. Tell him to, he needs to. But I found it interesting. Here's Martha, and, and she's mad. She's frustrated. Tell, tell Mary to get up and help me. Give me a hand. I don't know. Maybe you found yourself like that. I know I've had my days like that. As a mom, like, I am not a maid. Come on now. Y'all need to help me out. But this was Martha, and she was saying, Lord, don't you care? And it reminded me, I, I thought it was so neat. I love the way the Lord works. Uh, we don't even talk to guest speakers about what to talk about. And they just, we just tell them whatever the Lord lays on your heart. And Doug Reed, when he came in last week, incredible word. Um, I listened to it again this last week on podcast. But he said last week, one of the things he said was, anointed people have an anointed attitude. And I don't think that just because I've got a bad attitude, that doesn't make me anointed, but I'm choosing what I walk in. And we get to choose the attitude that we have. And Martha, she was struggling with her attitude in the moment. But John 8, says Satan is the father of lies. And the word for lie in the Greek is actually pseudos, which means falsehood or attempt to deceive. And although I believe God is bigger and we get to choose where we focus. So I hope today you focus upon our God that is big and not on the enemy that um, that wars but at the same time that we recognize that that he likes to spend things so maybe today you're struggling with listening to the enemy's lies or even looking at it this was something that I thought about this last week how it could be a a lying lyric a lying lyric a lying song that just keeps playing in your head over and over again whatever it may be the the song that you're no good you're no good, you're no good, and maybe that song's been playing in your head of life's no good, life's no good, life's no good, or even struggling today in a, in a moment of heartache or, or a season of life and struggling with feeling like, God, I'm not sure that you're good. And we know that the enemy loves that, loves to spin those little things, but God is good even when we don't feel like it. Romans 4.20 no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. He grew strong in his faith as he glorified God. And I believe the same is true for us as we choose to praise and glorify God that we will grow strong in our faith. I'm not sure what the next step is, Lord, but I praise you, I glorify you, because I know, God, you hold all things within your hand. As we praise and glorify him, we grow strong in our faith. Levi Lesko, he said it this way, that you will feel how you speak and find what you seek. You will feel what you speak, how you speak, and find what you seek. I thought, how true. And some of you may go, well, that's not even scripture. But, you know, scripture tells us that death and life are in the tongue and we will eat the fruit of it. So my question is, what fruit are you eating today? I'm going to be transparent for a moment. My van desperately needs to be cleaned out. As he said, we have four children and I have a minivan. And the other day I was putting some stuff in the back and I found these disgusting grapes. Yeah, they were not what I would call edible. But in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit say, those are the kind of grapes you've been choosing to eat of because of the words that you've been speaking. It's a little ouchy. <laughs> when I'm first like, are you kidding me? These kids need to clean up their grapes. Why are they even eating grapes in the car? <laughs> Yet then I'm, I'm getting this word from the Lord and how often... We're eating those kind of grapes, not the crispy, sweet that God desires for us because our words have power in them. Romans 10, 17 also tells us that faith comes by hearing. And I don't believe it's just hearing what others say. And hearing by the word of God. We get to choose what we speak. 
what are you saying aloud that you're hearing yourself speak, whether it be the word of God? I hope it's the word of God. But we grow in our faith as we speak, as we glorify him, as we speak his word, as we speak life. We get to choose what we listen to, whether in our heads, with thoughts, or the words we listen to that we speak. Also, what others speak. I had someone, a, a mentor in my life, well, it was actually just last week, we got to spend a little extra time with Doug and Jeannie Reed, and, and we don't get to do that very often, but as I was telling her just um, about a situation, and it just was some negative things, she said, you do me, do me a favor. The next time that happens, you can interrupt kindly and just say, thank you, but no thank you that I will not listen. And I think that so often we need to do that in our own lives, whether with our own thoughts, whether with the words that we're speaking, thank you, but no thank you. I will not sit here and listen to this. I believe Mary had done her share uh, personally. It doesn't say this. Okay, so this is Amanda's thoughts on it. That she had likely helped in the kitchen, done some stuff. Mary had, uh, Mary had helped Martha but then she knew where she needed to be when Jesus came in. And she knew this, that man does not live by bread alone. And she knew where she needed to be. And how often we can busy ourselves with not bad things, but, but we find ourselves running around. Martha wasn't doing bad things, but she was missing an opportunity to just feed at his feet. To, to eat at his feet, to receive whatever he had for, had for her. That's in Deuteronomy 8, 3 and Matthew 4, 4, where he tells us that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. According to John 12, 1 through 2, I found this interesting when I was just studying this, that, that Martha, she actually had prepared another feast for Jesus, the 12, and her brother and sister. And this totals 15 people this time. But not one time did it record her complaining. And I wonder what happened between the instance with Mary and Martha, and she's frustrated, and then you come over here in John, and he's talking about it, and she's feeding 15 people. And I know some of you moms in here, you've cooked a mighty feast for all your kids and grandkids. My mama does it often, and I'm, I'm thankful so much better when she cooks it. But, um, but she wasn't complaining. And I wonder if it was because in between she had taken the time to sit at his feet. She had chosen something different. She may have learned her lesson. We've all learned our fair share of lessons. Second Chronicles 16.9 says he, that he searches the whole earth for those whose heart is pure, blameless, or wholeheartedly devoted to him. And I thought it was so neat that Doug Reed, he shared that last week, and, and this was already in my notes, because our heart matters and it wasn't that Martha was a bad person but she had let her heart get off she had let her eyes get off of what really mattered because we're called to work but we were never called to work for him without first communing with him every work that Jesus did externally it flowed from an internal place Time and time again, we've been watching The Chosen with our kids again this last week. And, and just, I'm, I was amazed at and just reminded of how many times he went away to be with the Lord. Went away. And I know today is Mother's Day. I have four of my own ranging from almost 13 down to four. And trying to find a moment alone, it is not easy because I'm in the middle of doing something. And then here comes either a child or the dog sitting on top of me. But the reality of it is, is we've got to know that we need our time of communing with him. Because that is our lifeline. And whether it be, some days it works out great. And I'm, I'm up in the morning and it works out. No kid gets up when I'm up. Most of the time that does not work. And I'm trying for any moment I can get. And sometimes it looks like five minutes at a time. And sometimes, man, I can get a solid hour. But I believe that it's more about my heart to seek him than it is about, oh, I, I did it in this right frame. Like, where's your heart? Where's your focus? To seek him, to know him. It's essential that we seek to grow like Jesus internally because only then will his love naturally flow out of everything we do externally. 
I believe we're given both examples that we're called to imitate Mary in her worship, but also Martha in her work, because the scripture talks about working and serving. Those are important. So I don't want you to hear from me, Mary good, Martha bad, because I don't believe that's what this was. But I think that we can learn something from both of them. The next point is priorities. Priorities. What has your affection today? Colossians 3.2, this is actually the King James Version. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. This one verse reminds us to set our affection. And affection means fondness or liking. But what we do when we have affection for something is we give it our attention. And I think about the way it was when I first met my husband. Some of you have heard the story. He came walking into the church. We had just recently started attending. I'd grown up in the same church my entire life. And we had felt led to, to start attending a church in October. And here he came walking in in February, I believe it was, somewhere. It was down at the end of the year. They officially came in February, so it was probably before that. And let me tell you, this girl had her affection set. He didn't know I existed, but I was certain that he was called to be mine. And, and I don't know about you, maybe you can remember the day when you met your spouse now, and maybe you were the one being the one that he had his affection set on you or she had her affection set on you. But either way, there was an affection set. You had your focus. It had your attention. But how God ultimately, even more than that, wants our affection set on him. Because everything you do, I mean, you, I don't know about you, but when we were dating, it was like we couldn't spend enough time together. We couldn't, we couldn't talk to each other enough. We were never without words. Now we're both sitting in the car, and it's like, I don't need words. Do you need words? We're good. Thanks. No, seriously, that, that's important talk. We, we have date nights to try to have those intentional times, but I hope you get what I'm saying. It's important we set our affection on things above. And this, this where I felt like in this verse that we read the passage in Luke 10 is in verse 42, where Jesus was telling her, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus was in Martha's house, but he wasn't the center of her focus. And when only one thing is needed, and that's found in fellowship with him, because he wants to change our hearts and empower our lives. You cannot do everything, but you can do the one thing. And as we do the most important thing, which is seek him, he will show us what is ours to do. You cannot meet every need. My husband has to remind me of that often. <laughs> you cannot meet every need, but you can be obedient when Holy Spirit lays a need on your heart. You cannot carry every load but you can carry the load God has for you. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And his burden is light, I'm sorry. But just because I think that so often we can go, oh, but I could fit this one more thing in. I can get this one more thing in. But I would, I would challenge you to ask, can I sustain this one more thing? Because I think so often we're cramming one more thing in our life. The calendar's full. But what we're choosing, it can't be sustained, not in a healthy way. While practical things must be done in life, they must not distract us from the most important. Because it's good to, even though it's good to be productive, we're not called to focus there. We were never called to focus there. We are called to focus on his presence and then allow him to show us the practical and productive things we need to do. I believe that what he was telling her, what he was telling Martha in this moment, what that it won't be taken away from her. Once again, it doesn't say what wouldn't be, but in my opinion, is, is my presence won't be taken away from her. Mary, in this moment, may have come and just said, I just want Jesus, or maybe she came and said, I need, I need peace right now. He says, oh, that, but that won't be taken from her. I need hope right now. Guess what? That won't be taken from her. This one thing, because he is all that we need, and when we seek him first, all other things will be added. The one thing was knowing God and listening to him. The one thing was his presence. Psalm 1611 tells us that in his presence is abundant joy. Abundant joy. There is only one cure for us, and that is Jesus. Just as Mary, you know, in scripture, kneeling was a sign of surrender. It was a sign of submission. It was a sign of I'm willing, I'm, I'm, I'm here to learn. I'm here 
to have whatever. And here she found herself in a place saying, I, I mean, I just wonder, did she just say, I just want you, or maybe not even speak a word. She's just there at his feet, ready for whatever he had. Psalm 34, 14 tells us to seek peace and pursue it. Because peace can only be found in his presence. It's not found in the absence of trial, but in the presence of God. It's not a feeling. Because how many of you know life can be rocky sometimes, and I don't feel peace, but it's in a knowing. It's knowing who I serve and know who holds it all in his hands. The knowing that when life is hard, when hardships arrive, when the enemy strikes on every side, that God's presence is a promise that he gives during it all, that his presence is life, his presence is freedom, his presence is peace. Because how many of you know peace, hope, joy, all those things, they're not going to be found in our next vacation. They're not going to be found in our phone. They're not going to be found even as great as it sounds right now on the hammock with the book. It's not going to bring me peace if I'm not going to the Lord for it. I would encourage you to ask yourself that are your behaviors pursuing peace? This could be your behaviors mentally or physically. Maybe you're just, you just like to work, but you're overdoing it. I love it. Last night we got together for Mother's Day and I, I had to post to my dad and to my brother because I know that they, have, well, I mean, there's a lot of us. We were taught to work, but there tends to be a little unhealth when it comes to work. And I asked him, I said, did you take a Sabbath this week? Well, no. No, but then of course my brother had to go did you take a sabbath this week i was like i was the one asking a question but how we're honoring god we honor god with our work to glorify him but he wants to be honored in the rest as well in our choosing to rest and say hey you're doing it all you hold it all it's not about what i can do although he calls us to do something but how often our overworking, our overextending, honestly, I think that we're setting a lot of ourselves up with our health issues, physically, mentally, everything, emotionally, because of our unhealthy habits. We're called to rest, too. Called to work. I'm not telling you to go quit your job. Do not do that. <laughs> we're called to rest, too. And I think we often try to choose peace by controlling things. I know that myself, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I was telling Gabriel, um, there's a women's study that I've been looking at, and it's called It's All Under Control for Grow Groups for the Summer. And, but how often, well, it's a lot stemmed from this, that our life's meant to be lived in a place of surrender, not trying to control everything. And um, that our peace is going to be found in our knowing, not our feeling or our controlling. And I think that we so often, I, this, this statement that I, I just kept hearing, I, I, like I said, he's speaking to, this to me while I'm preparing for today, but that it's found in our knowing and, and how often I'll have this discussion with the Lord of, if I just knew, kind of, what was next? If I just knew that, that my kids were, were going to serve you in then, I could feel more peace today. But that's not true because our peace is going to be found only in standing in knowing our God in knowing who he is, not our feeling or our controlling, because peace isn't circumstantial. I read a quote that said, peace is found in walking by faith, not in figuring things out. Even in verse 41, where he said, he asked her, she was worried and upset about many things. And my question today, and I actually added this um, just yesterday, that I felt like he said, there's many that are worried and upset by many things. And we're not changing a thing when we're choosing to be worried and upset about many things. Because Philippians 4, 6 through 7 tells us don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing, but let peace guard your heart. Let peace guard your heart. Are you letting peace guard your heart today? Because peace is yours. If you have received Jesus, peace is yours today. And you can choose to let it guard your heart. 
to rest in you today. There may be things you don't understand right now, but God is still good in it all because he's working to make it complete. John 16, tells us, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous, I have conquered the world. Paul W. Powell wrote, God is more concerned about our character than our comfort. His goal isn't to pamper us physically, but to perfect us spiritually. And I don't know about you, maybe you find yourself in moments of frustration because physically you, you, maybe you hoped for something more or you wanted something more. But our, what we're here for is to allow the Lord to perfect us spiritually. He told us that, he, that in these things that we might have peace, that we could take courage. You know, shalom, it's a Hebrew word meaning peace. If you look up the full meaning, it actually means completeness. Wholeness, full restitution, to restore to completion without deficiency or lack. We serve a God that is the God of Shalom. He desires full and complete restoring of mind, body, and everything. We can trust that if it's not complete, then God is not done. And that's why we can be courageous. 1 Peter 5.10, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That's the ESV version. And when I read this, I thought, oh my goodness, that is shalom. You are the God of shalom. But if we don't take time to sit in his presence, we, don't, we, we can't operate in those things because those things are only going to be found in his presence. We need to take heart of what Mary did as she made the decision to just be in his presence because God desires intimacy with us, not because we earned it, but because he loves us. And I, when I was preparing for this, I, I got a visual, and I know all you mamas can relate. I got a visual of a wagon full of things. And come on, we got a baby. This is my 4-year-old and my 12-year-old that helped me pack this. We got sports. I don't know about y'all. We, thankfully, basketball ended. We're not doing a sport right now, but you're chasing your kids all over the place. School and remembering the papers or the extra snacks for the day. Shopping. Come on, cooking. How many of you wish your family didn't have to eat every day? That's a thing. I had to put a book in here because that's my thing. You know, it could be anything. This was, this was Emery's doing. This is our four-year-old's doing. You know, Coco Melon Doctor Kit. It was necessary. Maybe it's doctor's appointments. Maybe that was her point. <laughs> oh, oh can't, can't, can't forget the karaoke Frozen thing that ended up in the mix of it all. But I, I kept getting a visual, and honestly, kind of what I felt like the Lord was like, that he just said, okay, it's time to dump it out. Now, ask me what needs to go in your wagon. Because let me tell you, I, I know for us included, there's often we have to dump the wagon and go, we got to regroup here because we're off. It's, it's a part of a journey of life. We never arrive. We never pick. We never pick perfectly. We get off with our kids. We get off in our marriage. It happens. But that it's time that we dump our wagons out and ask him, what, do you, what have you called to put in my wagon? Because sometimes there's things for a season. Fortunately, cooking's not one of them. <laughs> oh, I really don't mind feeding my family, but some days I do wish. I love when my, our menu for the week says mom's not off or date night. I'm like, when, when, that's mom's night. But what do you need to do? You need to take your wagon, and I said moms, but this is anybody. Men, I mean, honestly, even as, Wherever you are in life, that maybe it's time you take your wagon and dump it and go, what did you ask me? What do you want to put in my wagon? Because God has given you grace for whatever he's called you to. But often, I, guilty right here of, I'm asking for grace for something he never called me to do. I'm carrying things he never said put in your wagon, Amanda. I'm, I'm carrying loads of of. of feelings and worries and, and all that he never said put in there. Responsibilities he never said put in there. Second, third, fourth job he never said put in there. 
ask the worship team to come back. Maybe today you say that your, your wagon, it's just, you just do your job. You know, you have your kids or, you know, your empty nesters now. And you don't feel like your wagon's that full, but maybe your wagon's simply full of concerns or your own agendas, your own desires, your own tasks, whatever it may be. But if we'll choose today to seek first his kingdom, to seek his presence above all else, then what we need will be added. What we need will be added. And I, I am going to challenge you with this thought that maybe today you need to ask the Lord to give you a second wind. Now in my house, when you hear the term second wind, it's normally because my four-year-old got a second wind. And I'm not thrilled. I'm like, dear Lord, we should have gone to bed sooner because now she's hit her second wind. Or Gabriel might say it about me. He's like, oh, geez, you got your second wind, didn't you? But I believe today God wants to give us our second wind. Because, you know, just as Gabriel talked about in the message on Easter about that one miraculous breath, we got our first breath, right? My first breath is my breathing on my own, what I do in my natural. But that second wind comes an extra energy. That second wind comes with only what God can give. Will you stand with me today? That second wind, I have a picture for you today. That second wind reminds me of who stands behind me. That second wind reminds me who's my provider, and it's not me. Amen. That second wind reminds me that my worrying doesn't change a thing. Because I know this is a representation which I felt was suiting for today, because I don't know about you, but if, if you want to see, our, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I am a passionate person, but I feel like I can be pretty, pretty gracious, except when it comes to my kids, and, and you can get me riled up. I'm sure some of you mamas in here, because we naturally, we want to protect our babies. We naturally, we want to guard them. But how much more does our Father in heaven, who put those things within us, stand behind us, beside us, all around us, want to go before us? And so many times, I believe we're walking in our first wind and we're saying, I'm worn out, Lord. And he said, ask me for the second wind me because he wants to give it to you today and maybe today you say I'm doing great I mean it's a good day I'm excited to get to be with my family maybe your second win today isn't because you're worn out maybe it's because you need to ask the Lord to help you dream because that second win comes a dream comes something that scares you a little maybe that second win today is just passion and excitement for your life again Maybe that second wind is just eyes to see your workplace, the way he sees it, the way you did when you first went there. You know the excitement, looking for the opportunities, but maybe you quit looking for the opportunities. Maybe it's to see your family as the mission field that they are. I, I love this one thing I, I, I get to witness um, uh, in helping with the two and three year old room right now at churches. I love the innocence and the little seeds that I get spatted out to me in these little two and three year olds' mouths because they'll say little things that I'm like, oh, mom and daddy need to hear about that because that's good. And that came from a seed planted. Don't, let's not downplay the mission field of you as a grandma and grandpa, as you as a mom or dad of the mission field. The mission field that is right back there. The mission field that is our future. Whatever it is that you need to ask the Lord, give me a second wind. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. And ask him, in this second wind, how can I make my life more about you? How can I make what I do and what I say more about you? And maybe your second wind today is you just need to allow him to give you new words to say. You just got to be, you're going to have to start being more intentional. Ask him to help you to speak that good fruit. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come.
God wants to breathe life over us today. He created you. He made you for right now, for right here in Paris, Texas. You are needed. You are wanted. You matter. You may struggle, but we're all in our humanness trying to seek the Lord. And I pray that we find our eyes refixed today saying, I seek you first, knowing that all that is needed will be added. God, I thank you for who you are today. I thank you, Lord, that in the story of Mary and Martha, I'm sure there are many other things that we could learn. But God, I thank you, Lord. I pray that you will give us your perspective. You will give us your priorities. And God, that we will have a posture that is on our knees before you in everything that we do. Finding ourselves in prayer, finding ourselves instead of just turning on a, another audiobook, just talking to you, find ourselves just seeking you above all else. God, because you are with us in the good, you are with us in the hard, and you desire us not because we deserve it, but just because you love us. So God, I pray right now, if today you need a second wind, honestly, we all need it. In some way, we could use it. But if you just say today, Lord, give me my second wind. Whatever that looks like, give me my second wind. He wants to give you your second wind. God, I thank you, Lord, that as we worship you, as those that may need prayer today, as they come before you, Father, and, and maybe someone comes into agreement with them, Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are doing what only you can do, that that one miraculous breath, Lord, that you are breathing your life, and that we will not operate in our first wind, in our own breath, in our own efforts, but we will operate in your spirit, in, your, in this second wind that you want to give. In Jesus' name. Amen.